today it's emerged that staff at the Old Vic Theatre in London have had their say and decided they don't much like the views of the director of a musical, Terry Gilliam no less, he of Monty Python fame. Loudoun County parent Scott Smith says his daughter was sexually assaulted in the girls' bathroom at Stonebridge High School by a boy wearing a skirt. The power of Christ compels you! The power of Christ compels you! Walmart has launched a critical race theory training program that labels the U.S. as a white supremacy system and accuses white employees of internalized racial superiority. Welcome to the New Flesh podcast. My name is Jonathan Astro. With me is Ricky Allpike. And Ricky, this is our 50th show. It is. Happy birthday. Happy, <laughs> happy birthday. I don't, yeah. It is happy birthday. It is. 50 shows. 50, yeah. Who thought we'd get to 50? Can't be honest with you. I, do you know the first, the first episode? When we started recording the first episode, I actually just thought we were testing the mics. Right. And then we would, then we'd, the, the episode was, we were recording. Do you remember, remember that? <laughs> I, I have only very distant memories of the first episode. Right. Well, no, because you caught, we, we, we were like, oh, let's test the mics. And then suddenly I just, like, one of us just said, welcome to the New Flesh podcast. And then we were just, <laughs> we just didn't shut up. Did, really? Is that how it started? I, honestly, honestly. Like, because like, we, we, we got the equipment. We were going to record like, yeah. a show, like a show, you know, in the coming days or whatever. Yeah. And we, we'd called up. It was honestly just to test the mics. Like, or maybe there was a miscommunication. Right. Um, but I certainly thought we were just testing the mics. And then. Then suddenly, two hours later, there was a show. I mean, has anyone listened to it? I don't know. But Not sure. A few people have, actually. A couple of people. Um, but, yeah, so how, how do you – what's your thoughts on, our, on 50 shows? Well, it's gone by in a flash, hasn't it? It's like um, – it's an interesting gig. You've got to uh, – you've just got to keep on rolling, you know. The next, next week comes around and you've just got to make it happen and you um, – yeah, you do your reading, you do your research, you, you know. Into demons. Into demons, yeah, or <laughs> yep, or some other strange, you know, the lair of the white worm, you yep. know, trans issues, transplaining. Yes, I do have to. I find myself having to uh, keep myself in check a bit because you know we we talk we speak fairly openly on this podcast, but you know, someone comes over to your house and they're talking to your wife or whatever, and then you get involved in the conversation and then you realise that you're not on the podcast when, <laughs> when you start talking to them. Yeah, that's And you right. say something and you go, oh, yeah, they don't, they don't, they don't, either don't care about this stuff or they, yeah. they're deeply offended by, mm. you know, like they'll say stuff like, you know, like, oh, you think that's, you know, woke, do you, or whatever, and I'm just like, yeah, I do. <laughs> <laughs> I do. Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah. We got a massive show today, so we better we get do. into it. We're going to talk about exorcisms. We've got AT and T uh, uh, doing the dirty on its em- employees. We've got Loudon County update, and we've got uh, the great Terry Gilliam um, joining us uh, later <laughs> in spirit. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a bumper episode fifty, and we're going to kick it off with some COVID exorcisms. Okay. Now, I came across this article from the Daily Beast titled uh, Vatican to Exorcists, Please Don't Try to Cast COVID Out of People. Now, as you know, John, I'm a sucker for stories about cults and other religious weirdness. So I did a little bit of research and the COVID pandemic has seen a rise in people reaching out to exorcists in an attempt to cast out COVID from people who were sick with the virus. And at the 15th annual exorcism conference held in Rome this week, I bet you didn't know that existed. That 
They have an exorcism conference. They have an exorcism conference. Uh, I believe, well, this is the 15th one. So it's been running for 15 years now. And practitioners were told under no circumstance should they perform the rite on a COVID patient. But of course, that hasn't stopped Father Ronaldo Ablong of the Philippines, though. Uh, Father Ronaldo sent exorcists into the parish with holy water to perform exorcisms on COVID patients as the virus spread through communities. Mm-hmm. Now, he has, however, drawn scorn from some in Rome for crossing the boundaries between physical health and true demonic possessions, uh, as defined, of course, by the Catholic Church. Um, So this year's Exorcism Conference, which is officially called the Course on Exorcism and Prayer of Liberation, uh, is especially focused on angels and demons in sacred scripture, um, as well as seminars on the Asian world and uh, Afro-Brazilian magic rites, which uh, apparently are not in line with Catholic teaching. No. (laughs) No, no, I believe it's uh, it's not quite in line with that. So they got to talk about it at this year's conference. And uh, believe it or not, the conference will cost you, set you back 300 euros to attend. Wow. Uh, which is pretty steep. Like, um, what is that in Australian dollars? Like 600 plus maybe? That's, yeah. uh, that's, that's you know, it's, it's not pocket change right there. No. Um, so, but this is really interesting. For the first time ever, it's not only Vatican-approved and trained exorcists who are allowed to attend. So, the conference has also uh, been opened up to lay people, people like you and I, but especially devout Catholics working in mental health uh, who are often called in to help discern whether someone has a psychiatric problem or is indeed a devil spawn. Um, <laughs> okay, yep. <laughs> <laughs> so, what would that conference be like, though? That that that, that sounds like a, a, a hilarious event. I think I think it would be very entertaining. Is it at a hotel? Do you think? I don't know. I think it's in a. It's it, it'll be in a Vatican building somewhere. Oh, okay. I I wanted it to be like just like one of those out of town conventions. Like you yeah, go there yeah, and, yeah. Some shitty hotel. Yeah, you know, like a motor in, in somewhere. Yeah, and yeah. then like you know the, the priests all get together and then they, they you know they're all sort of judging each other and they're like oh geez you know things were so much better when they didn't let in the you know the layman. That's right. Like, yeah. Oh, look! Look at that guy over there. He's oh, he believes some really crazy stuff. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, That's you know right. what I mean? Like yeah, judging yeah. each other. For- yeah, yeah. Well, this character, Father Michel de Catal, a French priest, anthropologist, linguist, and historian, says that uh, instead of instead of assuming COVID is the devil's work, he believes that people who have lost loved ones, livelihoods, and were isolated have opened themselves up to devil possession. Um, essentially making it easier for possession to occur. He's also said that the issue becomes more acute with social crises and acts uh, a sort of symptomatic uh, expression of unease and has no other way to express itself but through possession. Now, obviously, all of this is a little bit controversial. Uh, Exorcism remains controversial uh, due to its depiction in pop culture and horror films. Of course, the uh, famous... Uh, film from the 70s, The Exorcist, which is a a classic horror film. Uh, But there's also been some cases of abuse linked to exorcisms in a range of religious sects. And uh, one well-known case was of a 25-year-old woman from Nicaragua 
who said uh, who was said to be suffering from hallucinations, and she ended up dying after receiving a several days long exorcism, which involves starvation and later severe burning. So there is a very dark edge to uh, exorcisms. Um, those sorts of things tend to happen in very poor third world countries, and this particular case was literally in a in a village that uh, that you couldn't get to by road, and um, it's like a ten hour walk to get to the nearest town. And the padre um, was like twenty three. He was. He was very young. So yeah. you know, and he was a little bit more literate than everyone else. Just a little bit, yeah. That's why he got the top gig is he could he could actually read some of that Bible. So very grim, yeah. But believe it or not, half a million people seek exorcisms every year in Italy. Uh, and there's a report out by the Christian think tank Theos. Uh, and in 2017, they said that the practice was also on the rise in the UK, uh, in part due to the spread of Pentecostal churches. And um, some dioceses have developed their own courses to meet the growing demand, including in Sicily and, believe it or not, in the US city of Chicago. So there's a bit of a booming exorcism scene happening in Chicago. So if you're a budding exorcist and you want to get in there, you want to cause a ruckus, perhaps think about going to Chicago. Okay. So be nimble. Yeah. Go to Chicago. That's right. That's right. In terms of the procedure, though, like um, in the Catholic Church, a major exorcism can only be carried out by a priest with a bishop's approval, um, and it involves specific prayers and an invocation of the demon to leave the body of the possessed in Jesus' name. And it does – everything I've read about the actual procedure does sound a lot like the film The Exorcist without the green slime and all that sort of stuff. Sure. but. In terms of what the priests actually do, it's it's pretty accurate. That's why the book and the film are brilliant. It's mm. because it's it's beautifully researched. Yes, yeah. By William Peter Blatty and uh, mm. Freak. Yeah, yeah. In 1999, the Catholic Church carried out its first major update to the rules surrounding exorcism. It's the first major update since 1614. Oh yeah, it's time for time for a spruce up. I think it was time for a spruce up. Um, and the main thing they did was uh, to distinguish between demonic possession and physical or psychological illness, which I think was a, a key thing um, that, I don't know, maybe that should have been, that should have happened maybe in 1714. <laughs> he didn't need to wait for that <laughs> He didn't have years. to wait they that long. They could have said, hey, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, I'm just putting this out there, but I think this person just might be a mentalist. <laughs> That's right. And the, the other priest goes, yeah. Yeah, you're right. Mm, that's right. Which I'd known 100 years ago. Yeah. In a modern context, though, priests now work with a team of doctors, psychologists and psychiatrists, all usually all practicing Catholics, to rule out any other cause for a person suffering before diagnosing demonic possession. Um, and the priest will then try a series of deliverance prayers. Major exorcism will only take place as a last resort. Um now, the objections to all this are, are twofold. The risk of abuse like that of the Nicaraguan lady is obvious, but it, it's also rare. Uh, more likely, there's a risk that people with illness such as epilepsy or schizophrenia could be misdiagnosed and miss out on medical treatment. Mm. And my take on all of this really is if exorcisms are taking part as part of a broad cross-disciplinary treatment plan, which seems to be the way exorcisms are going in 2021, like collaborating with psychiatrists and doctors and what have you. Um, 
How are exorcists any different to say chiropractors or wellness gurus? You know, quacks. If it if it makes you feel better to have holy water dripped on your forehead and passages of the Bible recited in mantra, then you know what's what's the big deal? I mean, mm-hmm. um, I know leftist atheists. You know, the type that scoff at your mate, the uh, New South Wales Premier, for having seven kids. Uh, they'd be horrified at what's what I'm saying, but. Um, they also believe that biological men can literally become women. So there are crazy beliefs on both sides, don't you think? So in the words of Trump, there are there were fine people on both sides. <laughs> yeah. That's what you're saying. I'm just trying to I get am. what you're saying, right? Uh, <laughs> look, I'm, I'm obviously <laughs> I'm, I'm obviously sympathetic because you know this is one of those things. Like I have no problem with spirituality whatsoever. Like you know, and and I don't. Um, you know, I don't. Uh, obviously, religion, as as has been stated many times, has has a lot of bloodshed and a lot of uh, you know uh, negatives. But you know, I I do believe in the positives of spirituality, all religions, and and that includes uh, uh, Islam and yeah, obviously Catholicism and 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 Buddhism and everything. Like I think that uh, this there's you know what what we get from spirituality, we get community, we get a, a organizing principle and most of the of the religions are trying their best you know even if they've got um some some scriptures with some mad stuff in them they are trying their best to minimize that stuff and to you know um and to pump up the good the good stuff i mean how you know not to go too far down the rabbit hole but um if if some of these um if some selfish uh narcissists out there followed some of the advice from the sermon on the mount they'd be a lot happier yeah and for sure and what you say is correct, I, I think, in, in that, um, you know, if we've ruled out everything else, like it's not COVID, it's not, um, you know, something that we know is a some kind of, you know, identifiable psychological issue or, or, or you know, chemical imbalance or whatever, if all that remains is, uh, you know, you know, could be related to the person's belief system, then, yeah, I mean, well, they, 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 I'm no expert on this, but... You know, I don't see what the problem is. I mean, I, I would put it in the same category in this instance as you know acupuncture or you know anything anything else that um you know that your doctor might you know uh, not they might just say yeah look it can't hurt as long as if it's not hurting you like yeah. like the Nicaraguan yeah. woman was burned and yeah and whatever which is horrible but if we're just literally throwing a bit of holy water on you yeah having said that it, I think it can the, the, these these exorcists the person's belief sounds pretty strong generally and you know it, it, it seems like a very intense um process mm, yeah yeah it's not just a wellness spa or something of a, <laughs> of a, of a sunday afternoon trip, trip up to dalesford <laughs> yeah. You know? yeah the hot springs like you probably might you might be so worked up you swallow your tongue you know <laughs> yeah mm. so I don't know. Well, in that way, it's maybe it's a bit more like a sauna then. You know, it's uh, a bit yeah. of an ordeal, but once you get out of it, you feel really good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, you know, do I lose any weight or? I don't know. Well, if they starve you, then I oh, guess Oh, yeah, you so would. it's like a fasting routine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've got the sauna, you've got the fire that warms you up, like the sauna, and then you have the starving that helps you lose weight. And then, yeah. you know, it's like a... It's like a full cleanse, full body cleanse. Full body cleanse and your soul as well. <laughs> and your soul, yeah, <laughs> body and soul. Yes. Well, it's, you know, and the, the one thing you said in there was interesting as well. It's like, you know, we don't need, COVID isn't, um, 
you know, uh, created by the devil. It was it was created by the Wuhan uh, uh, Institute of Virology, mm. funded uh, by Dr. Funded Fauci. By, funded by Dr. Fauci, and yeah. it was, um, you know, uh, then, uh, you know, proliferated <laughs> yep. throughout the world and and lied about by uh, the Chinese Communist Party, and um, you know, and and then covered covered up by um, large sections of the media for some reason. Like, you know what I mean? Like how everyone went around saying, oh, people are saying that this like got out of a lab. Yeah, yeah. That's racist talk. You can't well, say it, that. Well, yeah, I know. Yeah. It is racist. It is yeah. racist. Mm. And you can't, you can't call it the Indian variant anymore. It's the Delta variant. Right. So there are some people who are pretty committed to, to labelling it though. Like, you know, all the, all the Daily Wire and that, they say like, the Chinese coronavirus. Mm, yeah, yeah, they're making a special point of it. The kind yeah. of flu yeah. and all of that. They're yeah. really trying to. Well, have some fun with it. Why not? You know, I mean, yeah. it's taken over our fucking lives. You know? That's true. We should be having more fun. Yeah, with it. but but historically, all these sorts of uh, viruses and stuff they get named from where they come from. Like Lyme disease came from a town called Lyme in America somewhere, and um, you know, dengue fever came from the Dengue River. You know, I mean, I don't see what the big Lou deal Gehrig's is. Lou Gehrig's disease came from Lou Gehrig. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so I get the point. Yeah. You know. mm. So anyway, that is uh, COVID and exorcisms. That's um, good. That was good. That was like a. It was that was that got me got me excited because it was a bit you know spiritual a bit mm. you know a bit more philosophical. Bit bit taboo as well. Yeah, you and know? you know what we didn't talk about? Um, lady dicks. That's right, yeah. And that was nice. It's nice mm. to have just five fucking minutes where we're not, like, talking about um, transgenderism. Mm. Yep, yep. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Maybe we should have a new segment, like spiritu- Spirituality Corner or something. <laughs> so long. <You> know. <laughs> so, <laughs> welcome to Spirituality Corner. <laughs> and you go, oh, can we come up with something pithy? <laughs> no, it's, it's that now. We've said it. It's got to be that. It's got to be that. Okay, all right. If you enjoy what we do here on the New Flesh Podcast, there are a number of ways you can contribute to the success of the show. Consider supporting us financially by becoming a Patreon member and donating monthly or yearly. Alternatively, you can donate money through the Buy Me A Coffee platform. If you're strapped for cash at this point in time, there are a number of other ways to support the New Flesh. You can give us a rating or review through Apple Podcasts. These help others to find our show and help spread the word. Or you can tell your friends about us. Don't underestimate the power of a podcast recommendation. And now, back to the show. Well, uh, I am going to pivot to Mm. something more annoying, unfortunately, for you. Mm. Uh, So, it turns out in America, uh, AT&T, a big company, uh, has, you know, decided to uh, re-educate its employees en masse. So, just read you out a quick little excerpt from christopher rufo's article in city journal says white people you are the problem at&t's new racial re-education program promotes the idea that quote racism is a uniquely white trait close quote here we go at&t corporation has created a racial re-education program that promotes the idea that quote american racism is a uniquely white trait close quote and boosts left-wing causes such as quote reparations close quote defund the police and trans activism I have obtained a cache of internal documents about the company's initiative called Listen, Understand, Act, which is based on the core principles of critical race theory, including intersectionality, systemic racism, white privilege, and white fragility. 
CEO John Stankey launched the program last year and subsequently has told employees that private corporations such as AT&T have a, quote, obligation to engage on this issue of racial injustice, close quote, and push for, quote, quote systemic reforms in police departments across the country. Uh, close quote. According to a senior employee who agreed to speak on condition of anonymity, managers at AT&T are now assessed annually on diversity issues with mandatory participation in programs such as discussion groups, book clubs, mentorship programs, and race re-education exercises. White employees, the source said, are tacitly expected to confess their complicity in white privilege and systemic racism, or they'll be penalised in their performance reviews. Um, so uh, you also have to engage in this this sort of twenty five day tr- sort of training habit. Yeah, is is that the checklist thing that I saw that the the tracking chart they call? Yes. So so there's a group uh, like a d- diversity you know consulting group that's created this 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 habits the twenty one day challenge. Yeah, oh, of, it's fucking nightmarish. Yeah, so it's split up into sections, right? They've got like you know, uh, books, you know, uh, visual aids, and you know, actions, and all sorts of stuff. It's it, the materials are exhaustive. I actually went and had a look at the at the document. You can talk about the, the that little uh, habits thing in a second, but basically, some of the books they they recommend you read. White Fragility by Robert D'Angelo, Just Mercy, A Story of Justice and Redemption, White Awake, An Honest Look at What It Means to Be White by Daniel Hill, Stamped from the Beginning by uh, Ibram X. Kendi, uh, Between the World and Me, Ta-Nehisi Coates, Killing Rage, Ending Racism by Bell Hooks, Tears We Cannot Stop uh, by Michael Eric Dyson, uh, Podcasts, they, they, they cite the 1619 Project by the New York Times, Um so in the watch section, this is interesting. They've actually split this up for you. So there's a lot. There's like a shitload of stuff for you to watch, okay? So, Ricky, now they've actually broken it up with how much time you've got. So it's a short, okay? It says coffee break link. So you're, you're working at AT&T, um, picture it, and just so you're in a coffee, coffee break. So you can watch some stuff. Or if, you know, the, the next up is lunch break link. So you can take your whole lunch break to watch one of these things. Like a TED talk or whatever, and then long sit on when you're with your partner, um, you know, uh, on the couch. It says sit on the couch length long. So systemic racism explained, defund the police, how white fragility enforces racism, uh, racism is real. New York Times uh, op op docs on race. What kind of Asian are you? I've lived as a man as a woman. Here's what I learned. What being Hispanic and Latinx means in the United States and the urgency of intersectionality. So lots of stuff there. But as I said, you you can actually pick what you want and just watch it, just slot it into your day, okay? Mm, yeah. Uh, and then read those books as well, listen to those podcasts. It's it's not just a job, is it? It's a lifestyle, you know? Yeah, well, I mean, if, you, if you're not a bigot, then it's, a, then it's just a bit of fun, you know what I mean? Like it's your life and it's it's just a lifestyle. But if you're a bigot and you don't, you don't like... Um, you know, black people and R and B music. R and B music. If you don't like, if you got a problem, if you're a racist, you don't like all this stuff. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Okay, so you make the choice. Yeah, I, I love how they have a list of songs as well. I think they have their own playlist on Spotify, right? Where you can listen to Nina Simone and you can listen to you know Ella Fitzgerald, and it's just the most basic selection of you know black uh, artists through you know through american pop culture you know it's a basic low-hanging fruit you know? yeah but then there's a couple of 
you know, either podcast or there was a couple of tracks or whatever featuring um, uh, Jay-Z and there was one program or whatever featuring Dr. Dre. And you're just like, um, I like the music of those guys. But, you know, don't you see their message as being a little difficult to, to, to fit in with the, the rest of your message here? Do you know what I mean? I'm talking about, um, you know, uh, what arguably could be the misogyny in in Dr. Dre's lyrics, or the fact that he was, you know, done for assault. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, you know, there's murder and mayhem. There's there's prostitution. There's all sorts of stuff that's that's you know kind but of. But you know that that gets that gets completely overlooked. You know, I mean, George Floyd, he died tragically, and it shouldn't have happened. But that guy was a career criminal. You know, and now there's a fucking statue to him out there. Well, yeah, I mean that 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 speaks for itself. I mean, like, it's so funny. You say you say the na- you just say the name and you just go, oh shit, oh shit, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, shit. You know, oh, like no, like yeah. it's it's it is it is uh, total kryptonite, isn't it? Like you just mm. can't you can't say the obvious thing. I mean, I think maybe the, the mistake people made was it's too early. Like we're going to have to later on say, look, it was a tragic. It was it it was tragic, and you know what? Um, uh, I think the, the the law has decided that it, that it was a murder and and uh, that guy's been put away. Justice was done. So, but you have to look at it and say, yeah, this guy was a, he was a, a, a veteran criminal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, is what it is. But back to these materials. Did you think that there was a little bit much? Oh, so much, so much. You've got to wade through. You know, I don't know much about AT and T, but I know about some of the telecommunications like companies here in Australia. And I can bet that maybe 90% of the people that work there fucking hate working there because it's just a shit job and they're doing it just to pay their rent. And, you know, they're just average people. They're just in the grind, trying to make ends meet, trying to, I don't know, save for a house or do those sorts of things. Uh, And on top of that, they've got to do all this other fucking bullshit, you know, that that's just such a waste of time. Like, like where where do these guys get off? Like... As long as you're doing your job and you're not harassing anyone, like that's what HR departments and and uh, complaints procedures, that's what they're there for if someone is bullying you or harassing you. But outside of that, if you're just getting on with your work, you, you're trying your best to fit in with your colleagues and you're just doing the work, um, you know, why do you have to do all this other stuff? And the checklist, the tracking chart at the end is just so condescending it's like it's got this example of of this checklist that you might have and and it's like um you know uh follow follow some you know ethnic ethnically diverse facebook pages <laughs> oh and, yes you know yes. you've got to check that off and then there's it's so like, many of them too oh my god and then it's you know host a discussion with a friend of yours or or um you know, think about ways that you can interject when someone is telling a racist joke, you know, right. stuff like that. It's like, oh, my God, it's too much. You've outlined all the points that that that, that really struck me, you know. I, I just i am not sure who in the company is required to engage with this. They've got 230,000 employees. Uh, I'm not quite – I'm the, my, my research has suge- suggested that it's everyone that it has to, has to be engaging with this stuff. This is a serious time investment and, you know, perhaps, as you say, not really relevant to working in telecommunications uh, and it's an entertainment company as well. We'll get into that in a sec. Right. This is also a bit personal. Do you know what I mean? Like, isn't isn't some of this a bit personal? We're talking about identity and stuff. Like, isn't it? Yeah. Like, when we talk about discrimination, obviously, that is, that's related to 
policies and procedures and the law. But if we're not talking about discrimination, like actionable discrimination and, and outward discrimination, then isn't it kind of none of your business? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's stepping over into policing thoughts and policing people's interests and habits. And, you know, I mean, heaven forbid that, you, that, that you'd be into classical music and you might have a Spotify playlist of, I don't know, Mozart or something. Oh, you yes. know, I mean, Bigotry, yes. that would be beyond the pale. No, no, no. You've got to listen to, you've got to listen to African-American, urban music. Only Nina Simone. Um, but yeah, as you say, this is the big one. I'm not sure when you meant to squeeze this extra work in, and it is extra work. I, I, I'm, I don't think it's. You notice how it didn't say you can what you can do this on on work time. Mm, they yeah. said in your lunch break. That's right. In, yeah, in your coffee break at home on the couch. You know, so these pe- people are busy, especially in America. Pay is low. Holidays, person to person wealth isn't as high as it is in Australia, and I know that's not something people want to hear, but that's true. Um, holidays are few. And I know that because when I went to, when, you know, when I've been to America and told them that I'm on holiday and stuff, their minds are blown. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you say, oh, you're on holiday for like five weeks. Yeah. And then you just go, yeah, it's no big deal. Like just went on a bit of a holiday. Um, there's no healthcare benefits, which is the big one. And I know, Ameri- and now don't get triggered if you're American. And I, I, for some reason, that's something I don't, y'all need to get on healthcare benefits. You know, there's nothing wrong with giving everyone's healthcare benefits. And for some reason, it's tied up with employment in America. Yeah. Um, that's terrible. It's a bad system. It's, it's the worst system I've ever heard. Um, so, yeah, I think it's, 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 it's a problem. But let me give you some background on AT&T, and then we'll talk about the CEO. So AT&T, it's a publicly listed company. They do telecommunications, technology, mass media, and entertainment. Uh, they're ra- so here's the big one. Ranked 11 on the Fortune 500. So the Fortune 500 is an annual list of uh, compiled and published by Fortune magazine. 500 largest US corporations by total revenue for their fiscal respective fiscal years. So this is number 11 out of 500 mm. companies. So this, this is almost in the top 10. This is fucking huge. Okay. So their net income, uh, this is after all the goodies have been, been taken out, 5.18 billion. Mm. Okay. Total assets, $525 billion. Total equity, $179 billion. Uh, I didn't even look into what the CEO gets paid, but I, I guarantee you it's a shitload. Okay. 230,000 employees. Now, the right, the, they've solved their problem here by doing what you do when you're in a big corporation. You hire a diversity and education consulting firm, America and more, to come up with a 21-day racial equity, equity habit building system. That, that's all that stuff we read out. Now, the most fascinating thing in the in the packet that that uh, Christopher Rufo was sent was the this message from the CEO by John Stanky. Now, did you have a read of this? I did. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely fascinating. So yeah. let's run through a few of these things. Basically, this is a five-page email sent to everyone in AT and T. It says to all US AT and T employees. So whether you're in the mailroom <laughs> or whether you're you know, you're an intern or whether you're the VP, you are getting this email. It was huge. Now, I thought this was absolutely fascinating. First, so a couple of little quotes here. He says, uh, our team is as diverse as they come demographically, geographically, and in view and in views on social and political issues, which is true. Uh, the outside environment in which we're doing this is as stressed and polarized as ever. 
Name-calling, disrespect, distrust, online flaming, and dismissal of other viewpoints has unfortunately become the daily norm in society. Nearly every issue is seen by some through a divisive partisan political lens. You know what? That's true. I read that and I went, that's, I agree with that. I mean, you know, like that's, he's actually, uh, and he said something here which generally goes um, ignored by some people on the, on the hard left is when he said, and, uh, you know, polarised and in views on social and political issues. That's normally seen as a, 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 sim, a signal, you know, that you, uh, you aren't all in on BLM or you aren't all in on, on this hard left stuff. Because what you're saying is, you know, your uncle who is just like a quiet, normal guy with a normal job who happens to vote Republican, um, you know, and doesn't like Donald Trump's tweets but votes Republican, he's not um, the absolute devil. Yeah. Do you yeah. know what I mean? So this, mm. this, this, this is interesting, okay? Yeah, but I feel like some of these comments go contrary to the training, though, because the training is very political. Yes. And the, 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 the train, I mean, you probably got a lot to say about this, but the training is also, uh, it's not inclusive of different viewpoints, which is what he's kind of talking about here, you know? You hit it. No, you've, 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 you've hit on it. I've got three examples here where exactly that. That's, that was the main thing I got from his, his, uh, his email is that it seems to be in opposition with with the the firm he's chosen to come up with this this mm. plan and the, the materials themselves because when you look when you dig into the, the the material and look at it it's totally doesn't doesn't uh, uh, wash with what what he said here so um, here's the first the first example so he says a respected leader of a national advocacy organization said to me the other day quote. You may not have been looking for the role, uh, you know, but with the centre gone in American politics, people are looking to your company for, uh, to be a voice of reason. So, in other words, we've got to weigh in on these things. Um, the provided, so he's what got me here was to be a voice of reason. The provided materials do not support being a voice of reason. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can't provide the sixteen nineteen project uh, with no, uh, which was uh, written by a journalist. You know what I mean for a newspaper, yeah, and not provide any any counterbalancing um, peer-reviewed history professors and their work on that thing, and say that you're being the voice of reason. You can't provide only Ibram X Kendi and not Thomas Sowell or, or Glenn Lowry or John McWhorter and yeah. say that you're being the voice of reason. You're you're being one-eyed, like Michael Eric Dyson and whoever on this on this on this list. Like if you look at, you know, if you want to talk about. Uh, African American thinkers or, or black thinkers, th- th- this is totally one-eyed. You know what I yes, mean? Yes. Yeah. Um, so a couple of other damning quotes here. Um, uh, I want to share with you why we've spoken out on some of these critical issues that shape our society. Blah blah blah. But before I do, I want to remind you about expectations for our work environment. AT and T. When we come to work, we should leave society's vitriolic divisions outside our walls at all times. We should be respectful and seek to listen to and understand our fellow employees' points of view, especially when they are different from our own. That's a good policy, you know what? And again, it's not backed up by the radical uh, and um, uh, partial training materials. Partisan work, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, some some of the things in that in that uh, tracking chart is is almost evangelical, where you where you've got to talk to people and lead discussions, and you know get people have in, host movie nights where you you play these sorts of things. You know, Jesus Christ, how awkward would that be? Oh, that'd be the worst. You know what I mean? Like, I I just don't know what you do. You say like, 
Oh, and tonight, everyone, we're watching Moonlight, and it's you, and you've got all of your co-workers all in there, and you know, it's you're showing them this movie about um the the what it means to be black and gay in America, and you're all watching it together, mm. and you know what I mean? It's that is it's downright creepy. So um. Then they go into this this uh, stuff about the police, like all this stuff about, um, you know, what they're doing to uh, advocate for systemic reforms in police departments. What the fuck has AT&T got to I do know. with the police? That's exactly what I thought, yeah. Jesus Christ. Like, talk about being outside your portfolio. He tries yeah. his best because this guy sounds like a smart guy. It's probably Ivy League. Mm. Um, he's done his best to, to, to make the connection. But, but you read it and you just go, look, dude, like, what are you talking? Like this is the most 2020 email of all time. Mm. Like 2020, it's all about who who done broke their brain in 2020. Like this was this is just perfectly in 10 years, someone's gonna read this and say, What the fuck is this guy talking about? And you go, Oh, well, in 2020, like there was this everyone was locked in their house and everyone went crazy. And because of this because of this one murder that happened in America, despite, you know, 60 people being blown up in Pakistan that day, uh, you know, the whole world stopped and paid attention to something that was happening in America. And then, you know, we all shut up and listened. And basically all these CEOs, in order to hide their you know their, their massive pay packets and and you know all the other things that they feel guilty about their privilege and whatever. Well, they wrote these big dumb emails and got all of their poorest you know workers who are already diverse and intermarried and and whatever yeah, <laughs> to yeah. to do these terrible uh, training courses. Do you mm. know what I mean? Yeah. So that was bonkers. And um, uh, lastly, I um, I'll, I'll, I'll skip to this last bit. Here we go. So after he says, after the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol, we applauded all those who stood strong and to thwart this appalling effort to block the peaceful transfer of power following a free and fair election. So, yeah, free and fair election, which is fair enough. But, you know, last time I checked, uh, you know, the, the Democrats and Hillary Clinton spent four years saying that the the election was stolen. <laughs> I know. And, I know. you know, that, that Russiagate stuff, which has now been proven to be bunkum, yeah. uh, you know what I mean, is, is, is a bit laughable. But he's called it the insurrection there, isn't it? Which is, you know, he's saying what he said. But this one, as I said at the time, freedom, democracy, and the rule of law are America's bedrock and must never be usurped. You know what? You know what, Mr. Stanky? You are absolutely right. Rioting and looting and murder and assault are fucking terrible. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Are we seeing, you know, are we seeing a little parallel here? Mm. So he's just said that, you know, that the January 6th insurrection, as he says, um, you know, that the rule of law is bedrock and must never be usurped. Well, I think he should pop down to Portland and pop up to uh, Seattle, mm. you know, where he's probably got some branches, I'm sure, and a lot of uh, employees dotted around. Maybe he should go to uh, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone. Mm. And check it out and say, hey, hey, as I said in my email, the you know, I'm pretty sure there was like five or six people murdered in, in Chaz and Chop. Yes. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That's way more than that than that poor idiot who got shot and killed um uh in the uh the the, the January sixth um riot. Yeah, yeah. And have you seen you would have seen footage of looters just literally walking in to a Walmart or a Kmart somewhere and just walking out with stuff, like walking past security guards, like 
casual as you like, you know, just armfuls of, of merchandise, you know. Look, I mean, it's it's terrifying because you just go, look, you understand that obviously that there's a lot of people doing it tough. I get that. But, you know, the, <laughs> if this system's going to work, we can't have people just walking in and taking stuff off the shelves. It's not going to, it's not going to work that way. Uh, and and at the end at the end of the day, I, I mean, and AT and T finishes off. He finishes off here by saying, talking about their fucking their packs that they do. These sort of these contributions they give to both Democrats and Republicans. We don't agree with every stance taken by candidates. So basically, he's just said, you know, that they give money out, you know, based on things that they're trying to advocate for to do with their business, right? Yeah, yeah. And I read that, and I was just like, no shit. You know what I mean? You know what he's saying? He's saying Republicans buy shoes too. Yeah, yeah. And which is totally, it's probably, it's perfectly normal. They're, they're a Fortune 500 company. They are not a charity. They give money to people who uh, benefit their business. Do you know what I mean? And he's mentioned the word centrist here and he's talked about reason, centrism, the center, the middle. That is, I can't believe this, this, this letter wasn't sort of maybe scrutinized and he wasn't roasted by... Um, the progressives in uh, uh, you know in America. How how have they taken his letter? Well, I'm going to have to look into it because uh, I, I certainly never heard of it. Like like you know when I when I read this, I was like, how come? I, and I've read some of the other stuff that came out last year. This seemed to have gone past my my radar, and I was following this quite closely. But there's a lot in this letter that I com- I completely agree with. Yeah. He's talking about reason. He's talking about the center. He's talking about uh, you know being respectful at work. Kind of you know sort of suggesting that you don't bring your politics to work. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? I think the problem is that it, he didn't send it as a tweet. It's too long. It's long form. It's well thought out. You're right. And um, people would have gone post too long. Post too long didn't read. And I've I just feel like. You know, as we've said, it's completely out of step with the firm he's chosen to to uh, solve his problem. Because the only way you can solve a problem in America, if you want to woke wash your business, especially if you're in the, in in that fucking top ten, you know, whatever, you need to just go big. You need to go, okay, let's just give this this equity company or whatever this diversity and education consulting firm just give them serious bank a lot of money. They're not a charity, by they're not a fucking charity. Let's be let's be real about that. Yeah, they're not a charity. So let's give them a lot of money, and then they can come in and then just solve this problem for us. Like, like, and then you go, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, I know what you're saying. It's just that have you looked at these materials that, like, like white fragility and, you know what I mean? Like all these books that you've got here and all these movies. Like, there's a lot of radical contested stuff in here. Yeah, yeah. That like this is not this is completely out of step with your message. Like you should be, you know. Pushing, and I'm not suggesting that they they tell people to to to, to fucking check out Ben Shapiro and and you know Jordan Peterson or whatever. Ruben, and, uh, Ruben, <laughs> Ruben. You know, like I'm just saying that you know they that that there's there's contested and radical stuff on here, and it's out of step with the centrist message that he's pushing. Yeah. Which he needs to just stand by that in, initial email and say, look, we were going to get this firm involved, but we're not going to because. Um, you know, we believe in the center. We 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 think that you're pri- You know, you're busy, hard workers. We we believe in you. You know, uh, apart. From, you know, one bad thing happens every now and then. Generally speaking, you're all trying your best. Maybe rather than spend the money on, uh, you know, this firm, what we decided to do is to bump up your pay a little bit. All yeah, of you. Yeah. We're going to bump up your pay because we're actually, you know, a business. We're not a charity, and we understand that you live uh, tough lives, and maybe part of the reason. 
that you know all this shit's happening this inequality is because you know some of you don't have the proper health care or some of you don't have enough money to put you know uh food and in, in your on the table and and you know get good education for your family maybe that's what we should be investing in you know he, surely he's aware of what what that company does and what the materials are i mean it hasn't just he hasn't just handballed it to someone lower down the scale and said oh we need to do something for the optics just get someone in well i'm not i'm not certain like he is part of this this group of people that is you know famously rich and when you're that rich you are largely untouched by you know all of this is quite fun like reading white fragility or listening to it on an audio a book when you're in, when you're in business class on your way to um, palo alto or something is um is a joy you know because you you are untouched by any of her suggestions you know you don't have to do anything that you know uh, is suggested in these radical works you, you, he does let's put it this way he didn't do the 21 day challenge he didn't do that he didn't mm. have the movie night you know yeah he didn't do that. He didn't do, um, you know, ask all these questions, these creepy questions, which um, uh, we're in a big block here. Where is it? Here we go. So uh, as you move through the day, what's the racial composition of the people around you on your commute, at the coffee shop you go to, at the gym, at your workplace? As you, sh- as you, uh, the show you go to on the weekend, what's the percentage of the day you're able to be with people of your own racial identity? Imagine uh, the CEO, uh, uh, John Stanky, asking himself these questions. Notice how much of your day you're speaking about racism. Who are you? Who are you engaging with on these issues? Who are you not? Who do you think this is? You know, what are the who, what are who the thinks last- like this? You know, who the fuck thinks like this? It- Lunatics. <laughs> you are to see race. Everywhere you go must be absolutely maddening for your brain. It's you know? a nightmare. It's a fucking nightmare. And it's it's weird. Yeah. Like, it's fucking weird. Like, mm. how can you think like this? You know, you if you think like this, you have, you have zero chill. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you are just a anxious, crazy lunatic. And, and the people you're trying to reach... I, there are racists out there. There are absolutely racists. But I don't think out of the 230,000 people, like, that there are massive amounts of, like, hard-bitten racists. Mm, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just don't think that the people that you're trying to – this is a radical – now, I because I've been passionate and obsessive about a lot of things in my life. That's – you know, and I guess you are too. You know, you get sort of really one-eyed about things. And I'm aware of when I'm going too far or when, when you're thinking about something too much or you're being too strict or too, too sort of uh, monomaniacal about stuff. This is just, this is fucking too much. Like this is like, um, this is cult stuff. Like this is the kind of, you know, shocking change that a group like Landmark is trying to get you to do or, or fucking Nixium. Do you know mm. what I mean? Like they want you to completely, you know, break your brain. Yeah. But if you followed all of this to the T, like, would you think that it would necessarily, like, apart, like, if you dipped in every now and then, you're like, oh, yeah, like, I read one of those books or I watched one of the movies just with my wife and, yeah, it got me thinking about about a couple of things. But anyway, I moved on. But if you actually followed it all and you were, like, you know, soaking yourself in this for, for 21 days and beyond, do you think it would genuinely have a positive effect? I, definitely not on your own life and debatable whether it would do anything to uh, 
to quash racism, you know. Right. So you're saying we can't solve racism? Well, I'm not saying you can't solve racism. I'm saying that, that, that this is not the way to do it, you know. Right. I just am so surprised that, like, this is just so fucking stupid and so obvious as well. Like, when you look at these books, like, like how dumb do they think you are? When you look at the list of books and you, it's Bell Hooks, Ta-Nehisi Coates, you know, Robin D'Angelo, like, when you look at Michael Eric Goss, when you look at that list and fucking, you know, Nicole Hannah-Jones from the New York Even Times. Kennedy. Yeah, that's right. When you look at that list and you go, oh, okay, like, like I'm not denigrating all of these authors because you know they're all they've all done you know very important works and I'm sure actually there's probably some really good ideas in amongst all their stuff but it's all one sided. You can't tell me that 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 list is is not um, uh, partisan. Yeah, yeah. Like there are some people who don't agree with these people mm. who aren't on this fucking list. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. there's not even a fucking. Do you know who's not on this list? Fucking Malcolm X. You know who's yeah, also yeah. isn't on this list? Martin Luther King. Yeah, that's right. I don't even have to go to Thomas Sowell or, or Glenn Lowry or, or yeah, uh, you know Shelby Steele. You know, or like um, the, the, it's it's quite simple. They don't want you reading Martin Luther King or, or, or looking into him. They don't want you looking at Malcolm X or or even Spike. How come there's no fucking Spike Lee? Yeah, there's no Spike Lee in this because they don't want you engaging robustly with what it means to be, you know, uh, black in America. Like, like that's what Spike Lee is. Spike Lee's frustrated. He's angry at the white man, but he's also annoyed at the black man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Do you know, as well. He's And that that is huge. That's a human story. They don't want you engaging with what it means to be human. Instead, this is, this is the trendiest, most fashionable list of garbage. You know? <laughs> <laughs> What's fascinating to me also is that how much of an industry this is now where you have these diversity companies that come in and do the trainings and, and make a lot of money too. You know, I mean, Robin D'Angelo, she, she does, I think uh, her lectures start at like $20,000 a pop or something to right. have her come in for a couple of hours and tell all your employees that they're racists, you know. Um, I, I just wonder if there's room in the market for a diversity or sort of a, a training company that does the opposite of this. And I don't mean like advocate for racism, but, <laughs> you, know, advocating the for, <laughs> you know, advocating for what, what this guy's saying in, in the email, like, like looking at different sort, you know, different, different books, different opinions, different, you know, yes. and trying to simmer things down a little bit. Well, know? that's what, um, you know that company uh, organization fair is trying to do right and um uh is, me know, is megan kelly part of that i think she is. yeah yeah she is so but, but the board of advice it's got a board of advisors and i think uh, megan kelly's on it so who we've we got here peter bogosian ayan hersey ali melissa chen niall ferguson oh there's like it already this is good all Lowry, white supremacists john mcwater <laughs> douglas murray <laughs> stephen pinker wilford riley oh all uh, so good, Eli so Still, good. abigail schreier barry weiss what fucking heroes andrew sullivan do you know some of these people are my favorite people mm. in the world Coleman douglas Hughes, murray douglas murray Daryl Davis, he's that guy who who converts uh, uh, KKK people. Like, oh, okay. Like, befriends them and um, sort of gets them to give it up. And um, 
So yeah, what a, what a glorious list of people. None of these people are on the list. So so uh, Foundation Against Intolerance and Racism, I encourage everyone to sign up to their newsletter uh, because this is, the problem is that we don't have yet a group, um, you know, the, this this part of, of, you know, the corporate structure has been taken over by radicals and and by these elites who like Robin D'Angelo and whatever, and these types of companies, which are, are very one-sided and they offer what, you know, I'd think to be a, a quite a racist um, viewpoint, you know, uh, racist centralism and whatnot. And uh, what, what uh, FAIR does is, is they're trying to get into that space. They're trying to say, okay, like if you are a business, like, you know, and you, you're, uh, some clinic or whatever, and you need to provide training or whatever. We can provide you with human sort resources and really balanced stuff, and it, it's really good. The stuff like for school, medicine, work, yeah. all of that stuff. Another another place is counter counterweight, I think, run by Helen Helen Pluckrose. Okay, yeah. So yeah, there are some good good places out there, which is mm. nice to um, uh, you know, to think that that there are you know alternatives starting to come to the to, to the fore. So it's not just again, you know, and it was good to rag on AT&T, but you know, there are really exciting uh, new resources out there. So in the future we're going to see a a bizarro new flesh podcast railing about fair and their you know centrist indoctrination of some telecommunications company will that in a be, few years time will that be when like we've given over to the hard left or something like? <laughs> i don't know <laughs> when we when we're finally cancelled yeah well no cuz that, that's the end of big brother was when you say i love big brother you know so when you start saying you know you know um, I'm into all that, then you've got to, yeah, then we'll flip, it, flip the script. <laughs> well, that's a fascinating story. Uh, it's got me steamed and I think I need, <laughs> I think I need something to simmer me down. Uh, where is Sheila? Yes. Sheila. Oh, sorry, we, sorry. What's sorry. going on? One second, one second. There we go. Can Can you hear me? We've got. I've got you, Sheila. Now uh, you're on. You're on location somewhere. Yeah, yeah. I'm getting. It's been a long. Uh, well, how many months that we've been in lockdown? I haven't been able to get up to the city to get my uh, Botox and fillers. So I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm waiting out the front of my um, plastic surgeon's office. Getting it done. Yeah, yeah. Is this so- is this has this turned into the Real Housewives of of Melbourne here? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> some of the show is now <laughs> well i drink enough piss and i get enough injectables but i think i have to be a bit richer and dress better mm, to yep. get on the show that so. old chestnut all we need is some good news so what what hit us well i've got actually that's a very good segue because i've got um great news for you and ricky um and all men um, activists hold small dong march to end the shaming of tiny penises. Activists have hit the street in force, carrying signs with some crude messages as they seek to put an end to the shaming of small penises. Okay. Um, yeah, that was in uh, LA. Just let it let let it be known. I don't need to know where this march is. Okay, just <laughs> yes. letting you all know that. I don't know about you, Ricky, but but secondly, whatever. Uh, but secondly, <laughs> so it's in LA, is it? Yeah, in now LA, I, and right. um, you know, one of the quotes is, 
Some people are embarrassed to show up. If you have a small dong, the truth will come out. So own that truth. The organisers pleaded while promoting the penis protest on Twitter. All right. But 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 I'm to understand that um, dong it. See, this is why men are from Mars and women are from Venus because yeah. don't, obsessed with dongage is a man <laughs> thing, okay? We yeah. are way more obsessed with dong than women are. Now, they, I, I think there's a list of stuff they're into, they're, they're, they're judging you on. And I think dongs are a few down. I would say height would be way above that. So, that's true. That's wallets, true. Wallets. Well, no, but that's the thing. Like, like, so it's like money and height. They, they would be the two main things. And, and money I want to say height. I've never heard that combination before money and height. So it's true, though. If so, Sheila, on, Sheila, would you, would you date a man who is a foot shorter than you? I have. I have. have uh, Did you respect him? Well, I'm not engaged to him anymore. But, <laughs> um, and he's not your husband. So. <laughs> well, let me say. Let me say you, the, can I just say this, Ricky? Yes. My husband, when we were meeting on RSVP, I had said minimum height, uh, I think, 5'11". Right. And he responded and, and then we met up and I was like, oh, hang on, this, this doesn't seem right. And then later on, he confessed that he is five uh, ten, um, but he says he's five ten and a half, which is practically five foot eleven. Right, he knows, he gets it. Listen, let let me say, let me say, the problem isn't small penises; it's big vaginas. That's always been the problem. Well, oh. like putting a uh, noodle into a windsock. Is That's that right. What you're saying. Yes. Right. What a way to flip the script. Hmm. So, yeah, okay. So any any woman that says he was too small has got a huge vagina. Huge. No, that's that is bullshit because I've been <laughs> I've been with three individuals with I what I believe to be medical micropenis. And <laughs> and I tell you, the um the actual logistics of it is is not good because it falls out on the upswing. And there's nothing you can do with that, you know? <laughs> okay. All right. I think I need to move on from this story. But oh. well, I feel like we've covered a lot there. Yeah. Well, anyway, there's Moving more on. penis stuff, so get with it. Okay. Um, how golden penis syndrome is ruining dating for university women. Deficit of male students means men develop inflated egos and become Casanovas who cheat despite a lack of social and sexual skills. <laughs> it's like a Victorian <laughs> novel. <laughs> like that's got intrigue, you know, <laughs> naughty Casanovas. That's yeah. great. Very yeah. good. How's that any different from, you know, just the, the homely chick on your training course, you know, being the only hot one, mm. you know? Oh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what, a, what a time to be alive. If you're a pussy hound, and you want to go to college, like, you should do it because the women far outweigh the men. They do. And you'll have your pick of the birds. You will. But but there's no mention of, of what you're going to have to do, though. Like, I, I mean, I know they're, they're scrambling after these couple of guys, but do you have to put up with their intersectional, intersectional nonsense? Like, do you know what I mean? Like, do you have to go on 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if I want to be a and, Casanova. And, and all where, and all that paperwork too. All those consent forms. Yeah. You know? Well, that should be weighed down by the paperwork. But but uh, you know, it. I just feel like, do you really want to go on like three dates in a night, like in a sitcom, and then? have endless discussions about privilege and, you know, which march you're going to on the weekend and are we going to burn down this store or whatever, you know, I don't know. But but if it results in some action at the end of the night, it was all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it's called woke fishing. Oh, so yes. Wo- I have heard this term, woke fishing. Yeah, so woke fishing is when you when you go, ooh, yeah, you know what I really hate? I hate the patriarchy. And they go, oh, yes, 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 very good. And then you then you get it done. Yeah, and they say, by the way, did I mention I've got a huge dong? <laughs> I'm going to this march on the weekend. Uh... Yeah, and then, then you get outed for working on this podcast. Oh, um, yeah. oh that's right. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're married now. There's nothing you can do about it. <laughs> what? <laughs> Gen Z workers are terrifying millennial bosses with woke demands. Junior at Vibrator Startup called Boss on weekend to demand BLM support while others assign tasks to their bosses and demand PTO for anxiety. See, you're doing it again. You've trolled me again. This this is designed. This is is gaslighting. This is gaslighting. This is the sort of story (laughs) that really... Uh, grinds your gears. It, gets, it grinds my gears, like because it's got everything. All right, it's got entitled, like you know, uh, rats workers at, at, at places. But what I like about this story, it's interesting. So you said it's it's a a vibrator business. Yes. Okay, and what this is perfect. This is we've covered this uh, a bit today. Well, in in the past as well. This idea, this woke capitalism thing of, of I love businesses that get in like well, the, these juniors who, who are at the businesses, sort of you know for, forcing this just business that's selling vibrators to get involved in stuff that's outside their portfolio, like BLM. Yes. <laughs> like what yeah. the fuck has BLM got to do with um, vibrators? Mm. Nothing is the answer. No, not not a lot. I don't think. But, but also, and I love the 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 um the the thing that really got my uh, goat was giving their bosses like tasks to do or yeah. something. So he said, yeah. <laughs> like give like you know this is this is crazy. They really understand. flip things, haven't they? You know, they they come in as the as the junior employee and then. You know, just just give it a couple of weeks, and they flipped it, and they're they're ordering the bosses around. What happened to getting fired? I know, like honestly, yeah. what happened to getting oh, fired? Look, I mean, seriously, I mean, I'm Gen X, and I can't tell you the amount of times I've been fired. I got fired once for not wearing skimpy enough shorts uh, right. uh, at a job, at a like a promotional job. Obviously, not in the condition I'm in now. This was many, many, many moons ago, but you know, I. People used to fire you left, right, and centre. So yeah, I don't know. They're just we need sort of like hashtag shut up, you little dickheads. I think. Well, look, and I don't think we should engage too much in this generational stuff. That 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 is a, a total foil. Like like you know, I think there's dickheads and non-dickheads, and it doesn't matter. Like there's no such thing as you know these generations. Really, it's just you know because there's great zoomers, there's great boomers, you know. And there's a lot of rotten boomers, <laughs> so, <laughs> you know. 
Okay, here we go. Instagram model 21 helps her mother, 38, escape prison in Colombia by distracting. Hang on, hang on. 2138. Yeah. Okay. Do the math. Okay, I'll do the maths. I can't do the maths. <laughs> um, she was, she was, um, you know, uh, not quite of age. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, by distracting a security guard as she climbed out of a window using a rope. Uh, so I think this sexy is just, escape. Yeah, sexy escape. Sex to um, I think. Yeah, they're telling you that it's a sexy twenty-one-year-old. It's sexy mom. Um, and it's Colombia, so they're just, just hot, you know, uh, women. Latinxes. Yeah, mm. just, just hot women. <laughs> and, um, and they're giving you the uh, sort of mental imagery of just a saucy biatch um, dropping out of a window yeah. by a rope. Like you're picturing like Zoe Saldana or something. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I get yeah. it. I'm picturing it and, well, and, ev- and even Mendez, and you know, yes, like just take your pick. So basically, Sin City, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> it's just Selma Hayek, you know, and yeah, uh, so getting it done. Just hotness, so Great. Um, Love it. hot, hot escape. But, but again, the Daily Mail giving us the ages as well. That's that's always the red flag. Yeah, I was flag, just about to say that. Yeah, it's those re- it's those ages that gives gives yeah. the story away. Because yeah, well, because part of you goes, oh, what's this? Um, yeah, what's this? Um, Zuma, uh, you know, uh, Daily Mail worker intern thinking when they write the headline and when they put the ages in, you go, okay, I know what they're thinking. I know what they want me to think and I'm thinking it. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) um, I think you guys will like this. Um, I'm not entirely sure who this gentleman is. Maybe you know him. I don't know. Um, Senator Josh Hawley says liberals' attack on manhood are driving men to porn and video games and the left wants to give us a world beyond men. Mm. True. I agree. Yes, I know who Josh Hawley is. He's a Republican um, uh, politician, um, sort of, you know, very visible and, uh, as you can see, very socially socially conservative. So, yeah. you know, yeah. he's, um, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, the, the left does have a... a a strange, like, because, you know, all three of us are, are socially liberal or socially, you know, open-minded, uh, at least as far as I know. And um, oh, I'm not. I'm very, very conservative. No, but, like, <laughs> we've got those. Whereas, yeah, I don't know. He's just pushing that. The left is, you know, where is the line for people on the left? Do you know what I mean? Like, where is the line? Is it like, because do you have to come in and to your workplace and say, you know, I'm sex positive and, you know, to talk about sex endlessly and what you're doing with your genitals and, and whatever. Like, is there any, is there any line? You know what I mean? <laughs> and do we, and do we have to encourage everyone to get into sex work? Like it's some, like, like it's, you know, like mm. it's good career advice. I think, I think in the future it's going to come out that this senator is, you know, he's got an OnlyFans account, he's bisexual, he's, you know, doing all sorts of debauchery. Seems like a really straight laced dude. <laughs> like he's got, he's got that Ben Shapiro sort of like straightness. Yeah. About yeah. Him. <laughs> well, there you go. Here's my last one for you. All right. Snorting drugs off bottoms. Sex. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, let me finish. 
sex on footy ovals, swimming naked in fountains and smoking their pubic hair. Inside the outrageous muck-up day scavenger hunt by Year 12 students that horrified school bosses. Muck-up day, again. Mark mm. Abday, and can I just say, um, this is from Western Australia, and it is from two Bunbury High Schools. Of course, it had to be Bunbury. So, for anyone who's listening from overseas, Bunbury is uh, a, a so Perth is on the west side of Australia, the most isolated city in the world, and Bunbury is even further away from that. Little, little township. But Bunbury's a pretty fun place. I've had great times in Bunbury. And, um, well, it's and loose. This, yeah, yeah, it's loose. And um, this is just, just Bunbury um, do, uh, chicks and dudes just keeping it real. Well, that they just gave you a montage, though. Th- th- those little vignettes they gave you, like, you know, <laughs> part of you just goes, ah, to be young. It sounds like the end times, doesn't it? It's like <laughs> well, the, the, the asteroid is, is, is bearing down on Earth and it's like everything's on. Depending on your view, it's either, yeah, like, you know, an, a, a nice uh, ode to, to, you know, the, to youth or it is Sodom and Gomorrah. Oh, here we go. Here's the checklist, guys. Sorry, I didn't realise. Okay, so 10 points. Uh, hook up with someone you fucked, and that's what they've written. Hook up with someone from a different team. 20 points, skinny dip at the beach, piss off Bunbury Tower. 40 points, steal someone's drive through order as it's getting passed to them. Drink bong water after doing a bong. 60 points, slash someone's tyre. <laughs> 85 points, give or receive oral sex on a footy over of oval. Snort a line off someone's ass. Uh, here we go. T- another 10 points. Eat a live bug or worm. Have a cone at school. 50 points. Get a stranger to sign your boobs or ass. Play porn on public transport super loud. Smoke pubes in a bong. 100 points. Whole group shaves pubes and glues and glues to someone else's face as a beard. Show up, sh- show up to someone's house naked and ask for clothes. 200 points. Steal a mailbox. 300 points. Snort a line with a sex worker. Oh, but hey, Bunbury kids, keep yourselves real. This is wonderful stuff. I am in full support of their outrageous behaviour. It's a a criminal enterprise. (laughs) (laughs) I want to meet the winner of this challenge. What do they do when they win? I don't know. They They win win. life. They They just win life. They win at life. They go, here you won. And you say, yeah, but you had to do all these horrible things to win. And and I've got a glued on pube beard. Right. Anyway, that's where I'm leaving it, fellas. I've got to go in and get my face fixed. All right. Thanks for finishing strong. (laughs) Oh, thank you. All right, see you. Well, a lot of penis updates there. There were a lot of penis updates there. Um, it's like it's, it's what we like on the new flesh. It wouldn't it be the new flesh without some sort of uh, penis talk. Penis-related news. Yeah. Staff at the Old Vic Theatre in London have had their say and decided they don't much like the views of the director of a musical, Terry Gilliam, no less, he of Monty Python fame. His thought crimes to the minds of some... Uh, staff at the venue included en- included enjoying the work of the comedian Dave Chappelle and wondering aloud if some innocent people had been caught up in allegations made by the Me Too movement. Who's cancelled? Tell me. Okay, Terry Gilliam has been cancelled. 
And who's Terry Gilliam? Terry, oh my, well, Terry well, Gilliam. I know, but, you know, I know some people you know. might not know. Terry Gilliam is a former Monty Python member. He's a director, Golden Globe uh, winner, BAFTA Award winner, Academy Award nominee. Uh, he was hired to direct Stephen Sondheim's musical Into the Woods for the Old Vic, which is a 200-year-old theatre in London, very famous uh, and venerable uh, institution. Uh, the show's been cancelled due to staff unrest allegedly over comments he's made about some hot-button issues. Uh, I think you can imagine what they'd be. Uh, he's called the Me Too movement a witch hunt, uh, which many people agree with. He's like He liked Dave Chappelle's comedy show, uh, as do many people. Um, he made uh, an irreverent comment uh, lampooning the excesses of the trans movement. To a journalist, he said, uh, uh, when I announce that I'm a black lesbian in transition, people take offence at that. Why? <laughs> <laughs> so uh anyway he calls himself a blt yeah <laughs> black lesbian in transition that's great <laughs> but it wasn't that in response to someone saying that uh that monty python was too white or something or that the new monty python would have to be more diverse oh probably yeah i didn't go down the rabbit hole there yeah but- i think i think that's how that that ca- I mean, he didn't just come out and say that. Like <laughs> that was in that was a well, that was in a, an interview where that he that he was saying he, he. I think he not too long before that he 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 did uh, critique, you know, sort of this this anti-white uh, this hatred that that's going on. Sure, yeah, but it was you know it was a comedic reaction to uh, you know a silly question about why. Why Monty Python is not more, more diverse, you know? But I don't have to explain. Like once you have to explain, you know, sort of a, that dry sense of humor. Like the person you're talking to doesn't get it. Like like yeah. I read that quote even out of context, and I was like, huh? I could hear picture him saying that. Yes, yeah. To someone, and and exactly, I knew the intonation. I knew what he was trying to go for. It's it's ironic because what he's saying is is clearly verboten. Mm. That's why it's funny. He's saying verboten stuff and saying, oh, people get really angry when I say that. Why? I don't get it. You know, like it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, it's great. So <laughs> there were people obviously that were very pleased about this. Um, uh, so this woman, Nassie Conan online said, this should have been scrapped over a year ago. It's taken them this long to do something right for once, she screams. Uh, Penny uh, Babakani also tweeted, good. Uh, it should have been cancelled over a year ago. And the leadership of the old Vic, who owe many of us an apology for the awful, awful way this was handled. Whoa, what an over-the-top over response, you know. It's big. So, Jesus. Um, but really, so what are we saying? We're saying that he that this show was pulled or cancelled over, you know, a range of remarks that that he's made. Staff unrest is what what it's being put down to. So what what are we saying? This is this is Spotify. This is Penguin Publishing. This is Netflix. Netflix. Whoever. This is this yeah. is the uh, you know the middle uh, you know to lower tier staffers. The, the know, other thing here is it's not it's not his show. It's it's Sondheim. Yes. You know, it's not as though he's written a show that's all about how much he loves Dave Chappelle. You know, it's 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 uh you know it's kind of a standard musical that's been around for a long time. He's just directing the fucking thing, you know. So what? You, so, but that that's what's so interesting is that you know, um, you, you try and work through why he's been cancelled, and because if you had to come up with what the rules are, it seems to be very confusing. You know what I mean? Like, mm. uh, I think um, 
the show's gotten killed because of a few cherry-picked comments, uh, very recent ones, yes, from a guy yeah. who's been a member of the most offensive comedy troupe of the last 50 years. Yeah. Yeah, wh- wh- why, why aren't they railing about some of the stuff that they say in the life of Brian or something? Oh, because, you know, uh, we all know that since his Python days, there's been an institutional capture by the left. So now his irreverency uh, is beyond the pale. When it, when it was aimed at the Tories or the church, it was, it was great. It was fine. It was, mm. it was awesome. It was wonderful. Now that it's aimed at, at you know, the new tyrannies, uh, that's terrible. That's the real, now he's a bad guy. Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, let's get real, you know. Let's get real for a second. Um, Terry Gilliam is a brilliant director. He is a national treasure. Uh, a national treasure, and he should be getting a fucking knighthood. You know what I mean? Like, I'm serious. He's 80. Can years Americans old. get knighthoods? Uh, well, well, I think he's British, isn't he? No, he's the only American in the Monty Python cast. Well, either way, uh, he's 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 sort of um, honorary. I think um, I do know he's 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 got American roots, but he spent so long in the UK. I feel like he kind of is is British now. Um, He's visionary, passionate, ambitious, inspiring. Time Bandits, Brazil, Fisher King, Twelve Monkeys, Fear and Loathing, Tideland, uh, Monty Python, and the Holy Grail co-director. Uh, I mean, he's he's a fucking he's a Python for fuck's sake. Yeah, you know his animation work on the series is legendary. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's legendary. He's a generational talent. He's got more genius and daring in his pinky than any Marvel film director working today. Yeah, uh, and anyone working at Disney, for uh, for that matter, he this guy is a real deal. We'll be talking about this guy long, long after everyone at Disney is is uh, is just dust in a in a can. And um, this is just so frustrating, you know. A few darlings got hurt, and now the people of London don't get to see a new work by Terry Gilliam. Uh, you know, pro- probably you know a guy with not too many years left. I think it's dreadful, and I think these people are loathsome. And um, I just don't know what needs to happen for this to stop because the precedent you know the precedent's been set you know anything anything you say or have said will be used against you and there's no pathway to redemption no nuance no jokes no irony you know i i honestly think the only solution is to wait for the next generation to come along and and hope that they're not as as fragile as these millennials millennials you know so i mean my take on it is that that these millennials that are that are getting getting things cancelled, like these these adult children, which is what they are, like they've been taught from birth that they're special. They've been trained to 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 always see identity from the outset of meeting someone, and constantly aware of the terror of of um, sinning against it. And uh, I think they've also been protected by helicopter parenting and you know, given technology that enables them to never encounter a person with a differing point of view. Mm. Um, and I don't think they have any machinery to deal with gray areas or difficult discussions. So, I mean, you see it on college campuses when, when you know, the students, they just cannot stand what someone is saying or they ask a question and they can't, you know, and they're literally shaking. They're literally shaking, and and whoever's up, you know, whoever's speaking, some academic, you know, might ask a question back at them and say something like, "Well, what do you mean by systemic?" or, or you know, "What do you mean by oppression?" And you know, they just even that triggers them. They can't look anyone in the face. Like, I mean, this is a really big problem. And um, 
I know we interviewed a, a guy a few few months ago, Aidan Brennan, who's a high school student who sort of railed against some of this stuff, and and he gave us a lot of hope to think that that this Zoomer generation is is going to rebel against some of this woke bullshit, and that hopefully things will even out a little bit because I just I, there's no there's no reckoning with people like that. There's no um you can't have a, a discussion on an equal plane and you, you can't have a good faith discussion or debate or you know it's just they they just won't listen to you you know and in the meantime we just don't get to see terry gilliam do anything do you know what i mean like right. in the last years of his career yeah like i just think it's dreadful uh, and and a terrible mistake and but honestly how come no one has said asked what the rules are because what are the rules yeah because because the rules here are you know, he's made he's made irreverent jokes, which he's always done. Sorry, did you check his CV? Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't understand. Like, how is anything he said now more offensive than anything he said against the church? Like, is is it the topic? Like, did you did you warn him when you hired him? Oh, look, look, just so you know, never say anything. Or if he's got the wrong opinions, tell him tell him what the right ones are. Yeah, like they haven't offered what the right opinions are. Mm. So, like if. Don't joke about trans stuff. Like it's just you know. But like- it seems to be it seems to be creeping further away from uh, perceived uh, jokes about trans people. Or because I mean, this is a pretty light joke as well. I think about the whole situation. I, I think it's it's getting deeper into just attacking people because of their political point of view. You know. And I just wouldn't have thought that Terry Gilliam. I've never thought of him as being particularly political. That's the thing. He is a true artist, and like any great true artist, he is sort of apolitical. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like anything, he's he's full of contradictions, and all the best artists are. They're not really. Uh, you can't pin them down. Like they, mm. they, they, you know. For instance, uh, you know, and this is not political, but you know, you'd think that someone who directed Fear and Loathing Las Vegas would be, you know, into drugs. He's never had drugs in his life. That's perfect. That that's him to a T. Is that Terry Gilliam's never had drugs and has made the most famous like drug movie? Mm. Do you know what I mean? He he is just an extraordinary talent and a type of of bold and ambitious uh, um, big character that um, we need more of. And that um, you know for uh, for some reason you know I just don't understand like. Because he's part of that generation that I've talked about before, which I want to see standing up. And I want to see, like, why isn't Munzkosezi? Why aren't they getting up and, like, Tarantino and everyone saying what needs to be said? Why aren't they shutting this shit down? Why aren't they mm. saying, well, you know, I'm sorry. Like, you know, they knew who I was when they hired me. And I haven't said anything that, you know, um, you know, lots of people don't agree with. And uh, I think maybe that I should, ju- you should, you know, just put the show on and, um, you know, what's the difference? Yeah, I know. Yeah. He's only going to be there on opening night and then, he'll, then he won't be there anymore. Yeah, that's right. And you as a viewer don't, don't have to have anything to do with him. Like, you know, go and see go and see some Sondheim. Go and see some people sing, you know. It's particularly bad in the theatre. Like, like, you know. Yeah, we know this for sure. Know, that, that, this is, this is a, an absolute cancer on the creative community, all of yeah. this stuff. And, um it's it's really awful, you know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, these people who think like this, they're losers. Yeah, for sure. Know? And they need to be called out. And just as someone needs to like what bring back bring back the eye roll. You know what I mean? Can't we roll our eyes at some people? 
Mm. Like when 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 some people come in and go, oh my god, Terry Gilliam, and you go, oh my god, did, what did he do? Did he touch you up? Like Kevin Spacey? No, he he didn't touch me up. He said he he said he liked the Chappelle special, and then you go, oh, I'm sure he didn't try and touch your dick once. No, I didn't try and touch my dick, and then you go, okay, I'm just confused. It's just so what's when did he punch you? He didn't punch me. He didn't punch me. He he said no, naughty things. And you go, <laughs> well, in the words of Monty Python, you know, like Romans say, he's not the Messiah. He's just a very naughty boy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, well, um, I'm sure I'm sure Terry will get a gig somewhere else. He will. I, I, I hope so. So do I. Uh, moving on to another topic here. I've got a, a Loudoun County update for you guys. Uh Many episodes ago, we, we brought you a story about uh, Loudoun County's public school board in the US, and this board was implementing a quite radical leftist ideology in their schools. And um, what made this what made uh, news headlines in in this case was that parents were attending school board meetings and quoting passages from controversial literature on on the school's reading lists. Um, well, no, it was mostly. Uh, the books the parents objected to contained, oh, yes. yeah, contained graphic depictions of sex involving gay, <laughs> bisexual, and trans characters, and yes. characters questioning their gender and sexuality, and mm. and and you know at at wildly inappropriate ages as well. Uh, and and the footage of the parents reciting from these books is both alarming and extremely hilarious as well. Um, uh, this update involves a guy called Scott Smith who was a father of a 15-year-old girl who was sexually assaulted in a school bathroom by a, by a boy who was uh, allegedly wearing a skirt. Um, back in June, Smith, uh, who's a plumber, attended a school board meeting in Loudoun County. On the agenda was the board's proposal to allow students to use the bathroom of either sex according to their self-declared gender identity. Um, in response to objections raised by parents, the school district superintendent, Scott Ziegler, claimed that uh, we don't have any record of assaults occurring in our bathrooms, he said. Uh, he, and he said that uh, the predator transgender student or person simply does not exist. Um, so Smith went to this meeting to express his anger about the assault of his daughter and to protest the policy. Um, he was taunted by activists. He got into a shouting match with a woman who said uh, she didn't believe the rape had happened. Uh, police intervened and arrested this guy. He was then charged with uh, two misdemeanors. And um, three months later in September, the National School Boards Association, uh, they worked with some White House officials to craft a letter to President Biden. Uh, this is where things get a bit sinister here. The letter urged the president and federal law enforcement to crack down on threats of violence against school board members. It likened protesting parents to domestic terrorists and suggested that counter-terror measures in the Patriot Act should be deployed against them, oh, yes. uh, which is fucking nuts. That's what it was there for, right? That's what it's there to protect us That's from right. parents, yeah. right? It's not just 9-11, it's trans now. Uh, so this father, uh, whose daughter was a, a victim of rape, he was shown zero sympathy. He was not believed by the school board and he was ridiculed by trans activists. And now what's subsequently come out is that law enforcement has confirmed that a male student committed the assault. And in addition to this, we found out that the Loudoun school superintendent had lied when he told parents that no sexual assaults had occurred in school bathrooms across the country. So 
Um, yeah, this school board is in some deep shit now because they've been shown up to have known about this assault and had uh, sort of swept it under the carpet, uh, even to go so far as to find a different school for this particular male oh, student. Yes. The sideways, the sideways promotion. Mm, that's right. This what happens a lot to uh, Catholic priests. That's I the think. Yeah, that that was the old move of the church. Yeah, you know, to shift yeah. them sideways. Well, uh, that letter that was written as well has been retracted. Mm, but no, no apology has yet been given to uh, this Scott Smith guy, uh, which is unfortunate. But you know, I hope that they get the justice that they deserve. You know, I think they they deserve an apology and. Um, Shit in Loudoun County is is fucking nuts, you know. I mean, we talked about it in the other podcast. This but comes up a lot. This little town, <laughs> it's bizarre, isn't it? I don't. It it's somewhere near Washington D.C., so it's a pretty liberal place. But none of the parents are on board with any of this shit, you no. know. And I think it just shows that uh, you you can't you can't push parents push them out of having any say in their kids' education, you know. Mm. And I think, I think one thing the COVID pandemic has done, like uh, particularly in Australia, like having to homeschool kids now, is a lot of parents have actually started to see the kind of stuff that to read is the being, crap <laughs> is being taught to them. You know, um, there's a big there's a big curriculum overhaul that's happening in Australia now, and um, a lot of this woke stuff is is being injected in there, and that you know they're they're sort of a uh, opposing political voices that are trying to even things out a little bit and we'll have to see how that plays out. But I think, yeah, I think the homeschooling has sort of helped to shed light on what, what kids are actually learning. But, yeah, I mean, you can go on YouTube and you just type in Loudoun County and you can see all sorts of mad stuff that's happening at board meetings. And um, I think that entire board needs to be fired for this this thing alone, you know, like sweeping this sexual assault under the carpet just to sort of protect this trans ideology and, you know, just this obsession with bathrooms, you know. Um, well, they're, they're not playing it straight. All we want in a lot of these discussions is for people to play it straight. And what I mean is to be the to be that voice of reason, to be rational, to to seek the truth without fear or favour. That means That means, you know, if someone who is in your tribe is has committed, you know, a crime or done the wrong thing, you need to pursue that. Uh, regardless of the optics, regardless of the narrative, regardless of of you know what the in group is going to think mm. of you, do you know what I mean? Because a lot of this woke stuff is now attached to a status, you know. Yeah. So if you hold hold certain points of view, then you have an elite an elite status, you know what I mean? So people protect that, but but that is you've got to be able to say, you know what? Um, uh, we looked into it, like. Um, and this, and there's, there's been a, an assault, and, and it just so happens that the kid is, you know, non-binary, trans, whatever. We don't care about that. Yeah. What we care it's about, about safety, is, isn't what it? We care about is the crime they occurred. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. Well, yeah, I, I think uh, it's, it's also come out that um, this particular boy went on to sexually assault another girl in another school. So he's obviously a serial sort of sex pest here, and um, right. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this but case, when you said sex pest, I pictured Benny Hill. Yeah, that's right. And I was like, wait, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> this kid's not- just pinching <laughs> bottoms. You I know? was like, this kid's nothing like my my no, beloved Benny no. Hill. I know. Well, this case has become a flashpoint in the culture war over schools in the US, and 
major media have largely ignored the story, uh, unfortunately, you know, because um, it does raise serious questions about the trans ideology that's being forced on kids through their schools, you know, and unless you've once been a 15 year old boy, you can't fathom just how unbelievably horny teenage, a teenage boy can be and mix that in, mix that horniness with someone who seems to be a fucking psychopath and you get incidents like this, you know, I think segregation of bathrooms and toilets is a hundred percent what needs to happen in schools. Mm. And these school board members are on another fucking planet, you know? Yeah. Well, was that a good news topic or a bad news topic? I don't know, but well, I, as, in, as in, how do I feel about it? Yeah. Um. Well, it's uh, it, it, well, it's part of an our ongoing uh, because the thing is, all of these issues are are in process, mm. so we, we actually don't know what the rules are. Now we don't know what what the future holds and and where it's going to come down. Like you know, because if it was easy. Uh, if it was as easy as oh, just have a third bathroom, or you know, let's, you know, well, we've decided we're going to use these words, and if you use these words, it's all good. Like if it was easy, we, were, we already would have done it. Like yeah. it's not easy. There are there are competing rights going on here, and uh, it's like the Stonewall thing, you know, like like the reason the LGB Alliance, the only reason that they have been um, created is because of the new sort of attempted. Uh, erasure of, of lesbians and yeah, um, yeah. you know uh, and then women and their rights and stuff so it, it we've got to sort all this stuff out and this is this is the this is what it means to live in interesting times yeah yeah well i've got a solution everyone should walk around with catheters great you know, just carry your shit and your piss with you during the day okay disposable when you get home yep everyone's safe um yeah i'm, I'm down with that um d- 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 yeah I just feel like putting a catheter in, in oh, my pee hole. I know. Might be a little bit uh, full on. Mm, yes. You know? Well, anyway, uh, good topic. Great show. Bumper show today, hey? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's our 50th birthday celebration. <laughs> it is the 50th. <laughs> 50th birthday? 50th episode, 50th episode <laughs> celebration. <laughs> we should have talked that through. Anyway, next week we have Sliver. We're back to Joe Esterhouse, uh, you know, for a few weeks. Yep. Yeah. Uh, on Cyboop Cinema. And I think on our Friday show, uh, I don't know if it's too premature to, to uh, release this, but we might be talking about the Squid Game. Yes, so, I want to talk about Squid Game yeah. desperately. So. You know, I'm trying to get Katie involved, but you know, yeah. she's a big shot. Hey? I know, she's I know. Shot, hard to nail down, but we'll see yeah. if we can get her. Got to get her out of that corporate boardroom. I know, I know. So look, anyway, we'll talk about Squid Game next week. All right. Well, we said what we said. Long live the new flesh. Long live the new flesh. A huge vagina. By the way, did I mention I've got a huge dong? <laughs>